0: Hey. Can you hear me?
1: Yep, I can hear you. Great. All right, one more to go. Yep, and he should be on the way soon. No problem. There we go. Okay. What's up, Jeff? <laughs> Much better. Can everyone hear me? Yep. Yep. Okay. You. All, All right. right. Already <laughs> an upgrade.
0: Sounds good. How's everyone doing tonight? Fantastic. Okay. Good, buddy. Good, good. And um, so let's see. We are welcome to the Hallcast. Got my guys, Jack, Josh, with me here. My name is Tom Natalie. You can find me at on Twitter at Tom underscore Natalie. Jack and Josh, let you guys go ahead.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack P. Brizendine.
2: And you can find me on Twitter at Coach underscore Web LF.
0: All right. Okay, this was um, last time we talked. We didn't know we didn't know we had a new quarterback on our hands, as well as um, a variety of other um, prospects coming into Washington. But um, you know, this is the kind of moment. Just I I I hope it's going to be. I'll I'll remember where I was when we drafted Dwayne Haskins. Um, You know, I know the Redskins and Haskins were rumored prior to the draft, and you would think uh, you know quarterbacks tend to drafted than the latter and you know I if you were to tell me that we would have Dwayne Haskins as our quarterback I would have thought oh my god what did we give up to get him um that was not in fact the case 15th overall pick number seven from Ohio State what do you guys think
1: I think the fact that they didn't trade up and sort of bid it against themselves was great Mm -hmm. that was just it was totally unlike something that you would expect from the Redskins, based on what they've done in the past, and yep. I really think it showed growth within the front office, and it gives hope for this team. If not, you know, already having a great young quarterback to work around, just from that aspect of looking at how it all happened, that gives me hope for the future.
0: Sure. And Josh, what do you thought? Um, think.
2: I don't know about you guys, but to me, it felt like a Scott McLuhan draft. It did. <laughs> it really felt like <laughs> it, it did. Had fingerprints all over. Yeah. It. yeah. I know it didn't, obviously, but. The thing is, what I love about the Haskins pick is, it's a great pick on draft night. Everybody gave you great credit for it. Not having to move up, you know, standing tall and, and waiting. And the thing is, in twenty years, even if Haskins doesn't work out, it was still a good pick. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? it, it'll be, and there'll never be a pick that was a wasted pick or a bad pick because, sure. really, it was best player available at that point. It, 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 it really it was, and it was a need. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Pretty rare
1: uh, pretty rare combination.
0: You know, it's really been like the t- two out of the past three years because I remember, I remember when Jonathan Allen fell to us. And I think it was like 10th or 11th. He, p- he was picked 17th that year. And I'm like, why is Jonathan Allen still so available in pick after pick and pick? I was like, oh, my God, he's still there. He's still there. He's still there. Oh, my God. We're getting arguably, arguably the best defensive lineman in, in this year's draft. And he's so far so good, obviously. Um, it was kind of similar in terms of, wow, Haskins still hasn't been taken. He's still there. He's still there. It's just – and before we know it, you know, he's going to be wearing burgundy and gold.
1: Yeah, there were only two picks after the um, after the Giants picked Jones that where I was kind of mm-hmm. on the edge of my seat, and that was Cincinnati and Miami. Because yep. yep. you never know. And you also had the idea that a team like, you know, Oakland, I don't think they're satisfied with Carr at this point. They could have easily they shouldn't be in front of us. Yeah. So there was – there was reason up until i guess the 14th pick i was pretty i was pretty nervous cuz i didn't think that i didn't think i can't remember who was picking in front of us but i mm-hmm. didn't think they were an option for him
2: yeah i was doing that you know the the live radio show here in Delaware and i'm sitting up there with two giants fans and an eagles fan oh god <laughs> i'm sitting up there the whole night and it was kind of a good feeling being the winner. You know, <laughs> I had so little. Yeah, you're with to it. And the closer it got, to fifteenth, the guy you know, Gary Schofield with ESPN 9:30 here in Delaware, he kept saying, "Josh, what do you think? What do you think?" And I just, I had kind of a a smirk on my face, as in, "Oh boy, what what's going to happen? Who's going to jump ahead of us? Or, or you know, are they not going to take them? Did they not love them?" And then once the fun, you know, the pick finally came across, I threw my hand in the air and I said. I love it yeah I mean, it couldn't have played out any better, yeah, it really couldn't have
0: yeah and, and on paper, especially just you know it's really hard to evaluate a draft of the immediacy, it usually takes a number of years to determine you know what was hit, what wasn't, things mm-hmm. such as that, but um you know what i what I love about haskins is is just pure arm strength uh, he 's got the best pure arm in this draft, and i i said if you know if you're playing seven on seven where you don 't have to worry about you know, complex coverages and, and, and blitzes and so on and so forth. And he can just, you know, grip it and rip it. He's the best on the, on uh, this class by a mile, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And I was watching some of his tape and I don't know who they have in line at Ohio state, but he was under pressure a lot. And mm-hmm. a lot of the really good balls that he threw, he was throwing off his back foot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say the Redskins have the best line in the NFL, but they've got a solid, They've got a solid front there, and I really think if this guy can set his feet, he could be even better.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, barring any health injuries, this is, uh, I would say, a top-tiered offensive line. At least it should be.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think one of the things that got a little overblown, and we get to a point where with these prospects we look for anything wrong, Mm -hmm. and we sort of try to exploit certain things and make them a bigger deal than they are. Like for instance, with Kyler, it was the height. I really do believe in today's NFL. That's not quite as big a deal as it was ten years ago. Yeah. But I think the the fact that people said that Haskins wasn't mobile is a little overblown. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't have to run a four four to be mobile. And yeah. There were times at Ohio State where you saw like subtle, you know, flip of the hips or subtle, you know, shoulder movements and. And, and things to avoid a rush, and he was still able to set his feet and throw the ball. Yeah, he's
0: a good athlete. He's not yeah, an athlete. The athletic. only thing
2: that worried me a little bit, and when he did get moved off his spot, sometimes he was inaccurate. Mm-hmm. But that's going to come. Yeah. When you have the kind of accuracy that he has to the first, second, and sometimes the third level, Yeah, his deep ball accuracy can be improved. But all that's going to come together with the right coaching. Yeah,
0: and, and especially where his strengths are those short to intermediate routes, routes, and he's I think it was McShay is that he he's a really really good fit in the West Coast offense where he has got a quick release gets the ball out fast and you know can um, kind of diagnose what's going to happen um, pre snap and in, during the actual play itself. I mean, this seems like a good fit.
2: Yeah, I don't think there was actually in terms of schematics there really wasn't a better fit for him than us. Mm-hmm. You know Ryan Day had worked under the Grudens before, Mm -hmm. so a lot of the the passing game that was implemented this year at Ohio State that kind of changed their offense from the old Urban Meyer option was the fact that Ryan Day kind of implemented a pro passing system, Mm -hmm. and it's basically the same system, just with a couple of college differences, obviously, that what he's going to run in a couple of months, I think it's a perfect fit. I think you went and got some guys that can help him, Mm -hmm. which we'll get to, I know we will, but it just schematically, it was a really, really good fit. And I think he's coming into a great locker room where he's going to have guys like Case Keenum, Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, Jay Gruden, Kevin O'Connell. You can't ask for a better environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good point. Um, so, I, I, Josh, I, I have a couple questions. Um, my first question would be, you were sitting with two Giants fans. Yes. And from your perspective, Jack, yours too. Why was Daniel Jones drafted ahead of him? Other than David Gettleman, who is now like a you know a punchline as of now. But still, how'd this happen?
1: I don't know. I don't even think Gettleman can answer that. I really think <laughs> that – I mean, clearly you've got the connection between him and the Mannings, mm-hmm. them working, working together prior to him getting drafted. But I think it's more of just – I don't know. Th- there are a lot of people, despite what you – what most people – I mean, I didn't see many of it, much of it, but – a lot of people apparently really thought that he had the highest ceiling of any prospect in the draft. I yeah. mean I didn't I, I think people view him as a much bigger project than anyone else in the draft as they should cuz he he really didn't have the best college career but I guess I don't know. I guess they just saw something.
0: Yeah. I mean and I think the you can credit the Redskins maybe the Bengals some other teams to really slow playing this like you know we're really really into him. Maybe they the Giants panicked and go we, if We don't take our guy now. He's going to be gone. Well, I'm
1: kind of glad that they did because I think that had – I'm not completely sure that had Jones dropped to 15 and both Haskins and Jones were on the board that we would have picked Haskins Mm -hmm. just because of the power struggle that was going to go down there. And I'm glad that they picked one of them. I'm glad they picked Jones, obviously. I would have been – very much upset had we walked away out of that draft with Daniel Jones but I'm glad that it didn't come of that because I feel like that would have not necessarily made the pick a little bit less enjoyable but it might have soured some people in the organization
2: sure well I think the Redskins did a good job of actually building a smoke screen. yeah and I really think that they had the Giants convinced mm-hmm. that they were going to take Daniel Jones you know, we kind of heard that, like, all the room was split. You know, Jay Gruden prefers Jones, and then, you know, it's Snyder who prefers Haskins. But when, did you guys watch the the um, press conference with Jay Gruden after the first round? Bits and pieces. He, he basically came straight out and said, yeah, he was our guy from day one. He goes, that was the guy I wanted at 15. I was very happy. He said we were willing to move up to get him, but we felt like we didn't have to. Jay Gruden was on board the whole time. I think the whole room was on board the whole time with Dwayne Haskins, but I think they did a great job of kind of creating a smokescreen and the Giants panicked and took him at six instead of maybe 17.
1: Yeah. The only thing that makes me, cause I think the same way, I thought the same thing you did. Cause I, I believe I remember him saying that, but I, I never take much of like what they say to credit. Cause it's like, I mean really what, if, even if it wasn't true, what are they going to say? Oh, you know, we didn't really get our guy. We're happy with this. Like they can't, they can't really say that. So but I mean, I do believe that, that he was probably the number two QB on the board. I really think other than the Giants, Haskins was the number two Q B on everyone's board. But I think they're happy with him. I mean, really, what's not to like? And I think he like you said, he does fit well in the offense. So even if Gruden wanted Jones, he's not he's not getting the bed a ped other option.
2: Did we lose Tom?
1: Um. Still says three people are in here, but yeah, I was happy with the pick. I was actually sitting next to one of my buddies. Um, he's an Eagles fan, and he was, up oh, there he goes. He was uh, upset that they picked a lineman, and I. It, it was exciting because I don't know about up where you are with the territory, but okay. where I am, it's mostly Redskins fans, and where we were it was pretty exciting
0: can you yep, yep we got okay you. all right my, my question uh, josh i know you can elaborate on this more one of my concerns with haskins as is with most college quarterbacks is he almost played entirely in out of the shotgun now there's a large portion of uh, the shotgun style offense and kevin o'connell and Jay's offense at the same time he's got to have to he's going to have to be under center and and for
2: a large portion of it Yeah, I mean, I think those things are a lot easier to teach. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was something I talked about on the show because it got brought up. Look, any of these guys that were taken in the first, second, third round, none of them played in under center. Mm -hmm. And if you look at last year's, who in last year's class really played a lot under center? None of them. Exactly. That's a a much easier thing to teach. What happened was a couple years ago, Graham Harrell came out and couldn't do it. Do you remember that? And then yeah. that was when it started to get overblown. It was like, oh, these guys don't know how to do it. They you know, they can't adjust to it. It's once you get back in five and seven steps, it looks the same as it did in shotgun. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they work on the footwork and all that, and I'm sure that Dwayne's been doing nothing but that since the, you know, yeah. the start of the off season.
0: If there has been there's if there's been two complaints that I've heard mostly about Haskins thus far is his footwork and just the lack of experience he has being a one year starter.
2: Yeah. But didn't you notice nobody said that about Kyler? Yeah, <laughs> nobody said that Kyler only played one year because he really did. Yep. You can count the half year that he played at A and M, but I don't. He was a kid that you know what I mean. It was he was more interested in running then than he was as a passer. So you kind of throw that out the window. Sure. But um, nobody, nobody said like I said. We just try to find these things and exploit them. You know what I mean? I mean Mitch Trubisky only played one season. He's he's turned out to be pretty good.
0: Yeah. So. That's true. Okay, so I guess my another question I have for you guys about this and this has been much discussed uh, when does he start?
1: Um, I have I'm actually uh, writing a season predictions article it's coming out a little while but (laughs) I actually have and I do believe this this will happen. I think Case should start the season just because I'm one of the people that doesn't think that you I'm not all in like the Mahomes, he needs to sit for as long as he can until he starts. But I do think that if you can sit back just for a few games and just watch, I do think that's really critical to a young quarterback's development. And I think that Case will start, but I do think that he probably will make his first appearance somewhere around week three or four by default, just because I can't imagine Case Keenum lifting up the roster and just leading us to huge wins to the point where I, – I think Case Keenum's going to be on the hot seat if he does start by – you know, week three or four. So I think
2: that's probably when Haskins will play. Uh, when will I think he will play? I don't know, but I think you should just let him play right away. Really? I do. Uh, we saw it a couple of years ago where the Eagles, when they drafted Wentz, had also had Sam Bradford. And oh, if sure. you remember, it was always the plan was, oh, no, Bradford's good, the guy. And then as soon as they got Wentz in the training camp, they traded Bradford and he started week one. And last year, you could have made the argument that the Cleveland Browns would have made the playoffs had they started Baker Mayfield week one. True. And now, do I think Dwayne is as polished as either one of those two guys? No, I don't. But at the end of the day, the only way he's going to get better and we can build off of that while he only has one year of experience is by letting him get experience. So that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah. Because obviously he's the best talent perspective. He's much better than Case Keenum. He's much better. Oh, it's
2: than not even close to anybody else in that room. And mm-hmm. I could
0: see how, if I'm a wide receiver, I'm tight end. If I'm a pass catcher, like if I'm in practice and seeing Haskins just drop dime, Case and Colt—they're not necessarily known for their arm strength. It would be frustrating. And how can you properly evaluate your other um, skill position players without uh, you know a quarterback that can get them the ball? So I, I understand that rationale. I also understand the rationale that. You know, the Redskins are not necessarily in a good position in terms of, you know, success going into the immediate. I, I don't think anyone expects us to be, you know, a contending, legitimate team like that. Um, if anything, we are more on the same track record like we've been over the past few years. At the same time, I just. If we throw him in a situation where he fails and this is a bad team and he's throwing, you know, jump balls to you know Cam Sims or something like that, the it's hard to rebound from that from with a lot of quarterbacks if they lose that confidence. And what that means for Jake Gruden is he's still in the hot seat. He's going to have to learn a whole new offense next year. There's just a lot of variables in which, you know, right or wrong, you you don't know what to do.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I definitely think, I mean, obviously there's going to be a pressure on a first round quarterback, but I think that, if he starts the season and he starts to struggle, there's going to be a lot less push from the fan base to put Keenum in rather mm-hmm. if it was the other way around. So I do think that he's he's got the benefit of the doubt there. But I do think that, I mean, clearly if we hit a point where, you know, our whole half our rosters on IR, I think we should pull him. But I, I think, to be honest, I mean, every – if you kind of look at it, outside of Patrick Mahomes, who is just an anomaly – when it comes to these first year starters, I mean, mm-hmm. you saw Wentz. I mean, he went seven to nine his first year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, I kind of agree with Josh now that he's sort of persuaded me to get over that side. I think if you do let him start out and just get those bruises and bumps, he it could better him in the future.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, because even if it's a complete failure, look at Jared Goff your one. True. It didn't mean anything. The kid's a stud. You know what I mean, but. Mm-hmm. And look, what ha- okay, Dwayne starts all 16 games. Say if you do end up only going 4-12, but you see the potential in him. Well, what's the biggest need for this team? It's offensive weapons, especially yeah. out wide. Absolutely. And, well, ne- going in the next draft, you may have three or four of those guys yeah. are in the top
0: 10-15. Yeah. It's just – and, you know, it was actually RG3 who had quite a cryptic uh, tweet after Haskins was taken – he goes, you know best of luck to him, and just please be patient and um i would I would absolutely agree if he's going to throw you know double digit fifteen plus uh, interceptions, then you know that's just a part of what his development is going to be as a rookie
2: yeah, and the coaching staff and and the people in the front office will know that better than us what like what is his mental makeup
0: mm-hmm.
2: is he the kind of guy who if he does fail, will it cripple him, or is he the kind of guy that you know if he fails, it makes him a better player? Sure. And obviously, until you get into the room with him, until you get on the practice field with him, you know those guys are going to know far more than we are about that. So if they feel like, hey, he can take a beaten year one, he can, you know, he can take some ups and downs. He, he's the kind of kid that's got the mental makeup to come back from that. Then go for it. But if you also think, hey, he may be a little fragile mentally well, then I don't know, one, why you took them, but two, then, you know, you obviously can't throw them to the Wolves like that.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. I... Or
2: to the dire Wolves, Game of Thrones, right?
0: <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be a wait-and-see type thing. If he comes in a training camp and really, really struggles with the playbook and developing a rapport with his teammates and things like that, then let him sit. But if I feel like you know that you brought up the Carson Wentz thing, for example, I don't. I thought the Eagles they they knew he's going to be good. They didn't know he's going to be this good right away, and so when they realized that, they you know acted accordingly, trading away Sam Bradford and you know going all in in their draft picks. So, I mean, it could very well be a scenario such as that, especially with you know Case Keenum. You know, it seems to be uh, revered amongst coaching staff and some of his teammates. So maybe something like that could certainly happen.
1: Well, I think what they've done is they've made it to a point where even if he does fail, he should – not I think they've tried to do their best to sort of minimize the amount of pressure that – or the amount of confidence he glues. I mean, he's got one of his receivers from Ohio State and Terry McCorn, who's brought in. And from what I've read, it seems to be that a lot of the guys on the offensive coaching staff have had prior experience with them. And he's known a lot of these guys. Like, I'm pretty sure Kevin O'Connell's had really close ties with them. Mm-hmm. So I think that there, there are a lot of – factors on the team that have been brought in or that they've tried to get with Haskins to make him feel more comfortable. So I think that that's going to work in his favor and it'll probably make it easier to start in week one if they choose to do that.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I know we spent a good amount of time on our quarterback, but uh, we actually had a second first round pick that I was, I couldn't believe this actually happened. And uh, you could make the argument that Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State is the best pass rusher in uh this year's draft. And we got him too. So you got the plug and play filling an immediate need right away in Montez Sweat and you developed you got the project, in quotations project in Dwayne Haskins. This is uh this is about a, a home run as you could hit.
1: Yeah, I think it was great because if you look at it strictly from they used a second to turn their middle of the second round pick to a late first rounder and get a guy who probably should have gone top 10, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, he should have. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a win every day, especially, I mean, even if you don't, even if he doesn't pan out to be, you know, a great player, it's, you still have to admire what they did. And they acquired a really good talent at a really, a really good spot for not too
2: much capital lost. Yeah.
0: Okay. Jack, Josh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of the better picks of the draft. And obviously, the first thing that came out was, oh, well, you know, the heart issue. But the doctors said that they misdiagnosed it. Obviously, the Redskins team doctors felt confident enough that he was completely fine. Um, You know, we saw the same thing with uh, Mo Hurst last year. And the Mm -hmm. Raiders took him, and he was one of the best defensive rookies in the entire draft. I mean, he had a great season. So, look, I didn't go to medical school. And if the Redskins doctors feel as if the he's fine and he can ha- he can play at a hundred percent, then I mean you got to steal of the draft.
0: Absolutely. Six six two sixty ran a four four. Is that right? Oh, he's
2: insane. Yeah, he's he's ridiculous. I mean, did 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 you guys watch any of the uh, like you know kind of highlights and recaps of our picks and stuff?
0: I did a lot.
2: <laughs> did, did you see how David Shaw just gushed over? I didn't. I mean, and David Shaw is one of the best football minds in the world. Absolutely. And he completely gushed over, over Sweat. I mean, he was like, look, this guy will chase anything down backside. And, you know, that's going to be an incredible play off of Ryan Kerrigan, who sets the edge just as good as anybody in mm-hmm. football. Yep. So the edge will be set. He'll be pursuing backside with those three defensive linemen that we have in that rotation. Absolutely. Now, obviously, I'm a homer, and I'm, a bi- and I'm biased, and we have to wait and see if Sweat pans out. But I think we have the best defensive line in football. We have two really good ones in our division. The Eagles and the Cowboys both have great defensive lines, but I mean, look at the value we've gotten for all of our guys.
0: And then we re-upped Matt Ioannidis last month, so we have him longer term. On a cheap deal, too. That was a steal. Absolutely. Yeah, it's and right. So Montez, what? Because going into this, Ryan Anderson was going to be our starting opposite of Kerrigan, and while I like Ryan Anderson from like a situational standpoint on run heavy downs and goal line situations that's fine um but this was uh, a need in my opinion and montez sweat available at 26 i thought the redskins played a little bit of play a little bit of a game with uh, the raiders too which is funny a little gruden on gruden crime i have the feeling they would have taken him if he was still there
1: yeah i mean his speed is incredible i think the only goal-line situation where Ryan Anderson would beat Montez Sweat would be at fullback because he just, <laughs> I don't know, he was incredible there. But I think the speed, it's it's pretty amazing how, because I remember, like you guys mentioned on the draft broadcast, they were talking about how he, like, runs down defenders from behind just with his speed, which is, is pretty impressive to me if you're a corner or a safety, but less, a little alone from a D lineman. I mean, that just seems insane to me.
0: That's absolutely true. Um,
2: team captain, you can never go wrong picking guys that are that highly thought of by their teammates.
0: Definitely, definitely. Moving on to the third round. Speaking of team captains, this um, pick from Ohio State wide receiver Terry McLaurin. This one is another one that has been greeted with nothing but just you know high fives and optimism. Uh, this guy was a special teams ace. Tom McShay called him the best special teams prospect in this entire draft. Uh, ran a four three had only had 35 catches, but 11 of them were touchdowns. And what, what makes a Jay Gruden offense work is speed taken over the top. And this is what McLaurin can absolutely do.
1: Yeah, I think there's three big things that factor in for me. One, he went to Ohio State, so he's already got the connection with Dwayne Haskins. Two, I believe he – I I'm pretty sure he was a team captain. If not, he had a huge role in that locker room from what I've seen and read. And number three, he has the speed, like you said. And to be honest, in my opinion, if you have a slot receiver who can take the top off the defense, that just opens up everything for your offense. Especially if we can get – I don't like to count on it, but if we're lucky enough to have, you know, say Jordan Reed playing Mm -hmm. this year. Knock on wood. That that could really – he could really open up some stuff for, say, a guy like him or, you know, a receiver underneath. Where I just think that if you have an effective slot receiver, which I believe he can be – it can really take your offense to a whole other level.
0: Now, did he play in the slot primarily?
1: I'm not sure, but no, I would have... Paris Campbell played more in the slot. Okay. Okay.
2: I imagine that's where they'd
1: use him in D.C., but I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: He's, uh. look, what actually what I thought of with the pick, have you guys saw, did you guys see a lot of his highlights with his yak? How he, how oh, he yeah. crushed yeah. the ball angry and some of those things? He yep. reminded me of like on. A little bit. <laughs> There <laughs> we go. Jinx. Uh, yeah, I really think so. I really believe that he's kind of. And I didn't realize he had four three speed. Neither did I. I, I really didn't realize that until we drafted him. I was like, man, I liked him a lot. And now I, for some reason, he just didn't look quite as fast. But I think maybe he's like a long strider. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think it's a great pick. And you know, one of the things that we keep saying, really, like, team captain, great kid. And Lewis Riddick actually praised the Redskins on that. He did. A lot of good character guys all the way through up, up and down the board. Everybody's got good character. They're they're leaders. You know what I mean? And I think that that's going to play an important role for a receiver group that really has no leadership.
0: That's also true. Um, so where does he – where do you think he stands with this offense, you know, in year one?
2: It's so hard to say because mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to have what role. I know. I, I mean, I really don't.
1: I don't think they've given up on Doxon yet. I still think he'll be starting on the outside.
2: Yeah, by default. And, look, I like Paul Richardson. I just hope he could stay healthy. Yeah, I like the idea. He not even come into training camp totally healthy.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So then the next one, um, fourth round, running back out of Stanford, Bryce Love. um, In his 2017, he was a 2,000-yard rusher, was one of the finalists as a Heisman um he struggled this year as, as he was coming off of an injury wasn't the same player but from a value perspective this was another situation that I felt like this was you know he's just the best player that we have on our board we got to take him
1: well when I first saw it I was like really because a lot of my a lot of my mock drafts I'd I'd done seen Seventh. he, he yeah like late sixth middle of seven stuff like that but then when you really think about it I mean it if he was coming in the draft, not off an injury. And even if you want to look back to last year, I mean, he would have been a really high pick. He was have been a first rounder
0: last year, probably.
1: Yeah. You hate, you hate to play that game just because you never know, like, you know, that's not, that's complete hypothetical whether, you know, he's going to be that guy. But I just feel like if you look at it from a future standpoint and say, listen, AP, I mean, we don't really, at this point, what's what Peterson has done is great, but we can't really rely on him. And if you can have that three-headed monster of Thompson, Love, and Geist for the future, I think that's a great pick because it's showing that you're looking ahead. And I really think that's a great forward-looking pick because that is a great – I'm overusing the word great. That is a cornerstone piece to have in your backfield, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I would consider this one to be a, a red shirt, at least for this year. Yeah. yeah. And then this would be something just you're – draft, you're drafting on talent and hey, we, we have – a whole lot of other picks after this and, and another force. Let's just see what we get out of this. And a few things. One, if this, if you were drafting him off of 2017, you're right. Yeah. He would have been taken much higher. Um, two, he, you can medically redshirt him for at least a large part of the season. And three, most importantly, this is hopefully the end of Samaj P. Ryan. nothing against him. He's just not uh, good. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's that's where I I kind of stand on this. This is uh, more of a long-term type project type pick. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I
2: mean, look, last year in the draft, he probably would have went higher than Geis. I mean, they were probably pretty neck and neck in terms of where they were going to get picked. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at a guy who was a second rounder, and yes, ACL injuries are always funny, but Nick Chubb had an ACL injury, and everybody pretty much gave up on him. Mm -hmm. And He slid, and he had a phenomenal rookie year, and cause we signed Chris Thompson to a four year deal and that was two off seasons ago. Yeah. So what you're hoping is, okay, this year, you know, maybe he'll get in a little bit in the second half. I I predict he'll open up on the pup list. Me too. You know, you're looking at a second half, maybe let him get some touches, let him, let him learn the receiving role from a Chris Thompson. And then by the next year, year after you're rolling into (coughs) a guy who's fully capable of what he was Mm -hmm. at at Stanford, hopefully.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if, if anything, he's, when he's at his best, he may be the best playmaker on the team.
2: Yeah, the guy can do it all. I mean, mm-hmm. he stepped right in for McCaffrey and was just as good.
0: Yeah, that's true. And a, a pro-style offense, too, so that would be more of a, a easier transition for him, predictably.
1: Yeah, I think, to be honest, um, like I just said, I, think, I really think that this is a good, good pick for the future. I kind of view it as a um, – as an anti supplemental draft pick instead of using a future pick for someone now, you just use a current pick for someone later. hmm And I think I, I don't know, I think it's great. It also prepares for if I don't think it's gonna happen, but if Geiss isn't isn't what you expect him to be right now, because you know they're shot at a great running back.
0: Yeah. So yeah, and a couple of things. They have different styles of play. I felt like Geis was more of just a powerful um, he reminded mm-hmm. me of Clinton Portis where Bryce love is, he can just kind of run like a six man off the bench. He can just drop 28 on you like that. And, um, I feel like given their styles of play, there's room for both of them, at least from a long-term perspective.
1: Yeah. They'd be a great, a lot of people. And I, frustrate me when you say this, cause I think that this was a special combo, but a lot of people on Twitter after it were chirping, uh, it'd be similar to the Kamara-Ingram duo. But I really, I mean, I can sort of see that, but I hate to crown two guys who have yet to, either of them have yet to play downs. Mm-hmm.
2: Both coming off ACLs. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so moving on to the, the fourth round still. Um, we picked a guard out of West Martin. Started, I believe, three years. Hasn't given up a sack in a long time. But, you know, this was someone I never heard of going into, uh, this year's draft, and I know uh, Kuiper had nothing on him either. And you know, that's a guy that can tell you about the long snapper at Nebraska or something. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, you know, he, he's a,
1: a mauler as I understand it, but you know, I don't really have much to say about Wes Martin from Indiana. No, he didn't have much on him, like you said, but I did see one stat, and I believe it was him, where it said. He hadn't he'd given up like six sacks and eighteen hundred snaps or some, something incredible like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean if I'm looking at it just from that and that's really all I have to base off of, I mean, it's pretty
2: pretty impressive.
0: Josh, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean I once you get to the fourth, fifth round and, and things like that, you you start looking at guys that you really like in, in more of a terms of a, a situational approach. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where Martin's going to come in. I really do think that he could contend for left guard immediately.
0: Yep, that was that was my that was one of my questions actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, because he's going to have to. I mean, it's between mm-hmm. what him and LeVeo or Eric Flowers at this point. Well, is
0: still
2: on the
1: roster? still on the roster? Yes, he is, I believe. Jesus Christ! Yeah, you guys like you guys are going to kick out of this on um, NFL.com. His NMR. yeah, his there, it was Sean Loveau. God damn it.
2: <laughs> um. Uh. You know, so, I mean, he's going to come in and contend. Eric Flowers has never played guard. And, and when you try to mm-hmm. compare that to a guy who's played, you know, was a three-year starter and played four years, there's a big difference. And yeah. I know people think that offensive linemen sometimes are interchangeable and it's a completely different position. So if he comes in and contends right away, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's not a bad pick. And if it doesn't work out, then you at least have a backup guard to rotate in because God knows we need backup linemen.
1: Yep,
0: Absolutely. Which was what we took in the fifth round with our next pick, and that was another three-year starter, maybe even four-year starter, from Alabama. As we he know, replaced Ruffin Bell immediately,
2: and was fantastic. I think that was a great pick.
0: Yep, Ross Piercebacher, yep. who yep. was started at center last year, but he played the majority of his snaps at left guard, which is the Redskins' biggest need. And you know, this was a guy I'm like, awesome. Someone that started at Alabama for
1: a number of years and was a heck of a run blocker. Sound me up. Yeah, great value in the fifth round. And, hey, I mean, I got to admire the approach of just taking as many solid guards as you can, just as many swings as you can get. Yeah, because one of them's got to go. work out. Exactly. With I mean, one the of them best you have on
2: the roster, and with these two guys that you're drafting, guys who are experienced. And yep. the thing is, you can't play center in Nick Saban's offense and not be highly intelligent. Absolutely. So the dude obviously understands protections. He understands rotations. He understands, you know, picking up blitzes and things like that. So I really think that just take a swing and a miss on a couple. If it happens, it happens. But at least you're trying to fix that because your two biggest needs on offense, in my opinion.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I'm with you. And um, so we got
2: left guard being probably
0: our biggest hole on offense at the moment. That leaves us with Eric Flowers, Wes Martin, Ross Ross Piercebacher. We re-signed Tony Bergstrom. Sean Lovell, those are just five, all for one position, basically vying for one position. Who gets it at the end of the day?
2: Yep. Somebody just has to be decent enough. Yep. That's all you're really looking for with, with those five guys. And guess what? Who knows? Maybe Ross can come in and step in and be your starting center.
0: Yeah. Move. Really, I, mean,
2: uh, yeah, well. I can play guard. A young center and a young quarterback working together, you know, that could be a good foundation because. You know, Vince Lombardi always said it best. You build your football team inside out. Okay. You know, the bad teams draft receivers and tight ends and and cornerbacks when they don't have the rest of it figured out and they fail. The the good teams go, you know, center, quarterback, inside out.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to make a a prediction, a bold prediction here. Ross Ross Piercebacher is our starting left guard.
2: Hey, I'm good with it. If it's an upgrade, it's an upgrade. Roll with it.
0: Yeah, okay. All right. Um, let's move on to the fifth. We're still in the fifth round here. And We drafted an inside linebacker from North Carolina, Cole Holcomb. I love this pick. Leading tackler in, in, I believe, North Carolina's history and in the ACC last year. Correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. No, uh, you're correct. In, I love this pick. This guy was highly productive, <clears throat> revered amongst his teammates, another good locker room guy, and really, really showed off with his speed and and sideline-to-sideline side approach and um, agility. So, that you know, this is a – Another good value pick will probably be an immediate special teams player, as he should be. And uh, this is great insurance for, you know, I think the Redskins are confident with what they can get from Ruben Foster and Mason Foster and Sean Dion Hamilton as a backup. And then we got guys like Cole Holcomb and Josh Harvey Clemens to play situationally in special teams. Uh, yeah, this is a, a solid, solid pick.
1: Yeah, and I think anytime you can get a guy who's, quick or fast and can tackle tackle pretty well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a surefire, great special teams player. So if anything, I mean, I think to be honest, if you can get a solid special teams contributor late in the draft, I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's a, that's a win for that pick. Yeah. Question for you guys. Are the Redskins good on special teams?
2: No,
0: (laughs) never been. And we just drafted
2: players. Three of them that I think will help out immediately.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: I think I think Scary Terry can help out immediately. Mm-hmm. I think Holcomb can help out. And I think that the kid they drafted in the seventh who will get to Jimmy James. Portland. Yep. Who played six kicks in his college career. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm saying. You improved in some areas. Like in, in a late round pick like that, if he can help you at all on your roster, then it's totally worth it.
0: Definitely. Uh Josh, what do you like about Terry Holcomb?
2: I'm I sorry, love Cole Holcomb. Sometimes we get a little too caught up in measurables. And especially at a position like linebacker where, yes, he's not the biggest guy. And there was concerns that he has small hands. <laughs> because, for you know, obviously for a linebacker, you're shedding 300-pound <laughs> linemen sometimes. You need big, powerful hands. But at the end of the day, some guys can just play football. And when you look at his production and when you watch some of the stuff that he can do, he just gets it. And I mean, there was times when you would watch ACC games and I remember thinking like midway through the season, I'm, I, this is why I love the pick. I remember saying like, man, that guy can fly to the ball. Yeah. Like, he just stood out, uh, you know, and this was against teams like Florida State and, and mm-hmm. you know, oh. NC State, like really good football programs where his speed and his instinctiveness just stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love this pick. Sometimes a guy can just play. You know, London Fletcher was tiny, came from a D3 college and he became one of the best middle linebackers we've ever seen. Yep. And, I, you know, I'm not comparing this guy to London Fletcher, but he just has a knack for playing football. And it's kind of – that's why I said it had McLuhan, you know, fingerprints on it. Yeah, when I was – McLuhan always say, he's just a football player. And that's kind of where I think Corey Holcomb falls in. I'm actually pretty excited. I think he could have a chance to, to play some early and, and make a big impact.
0: Uh, he
2: I, – when I was watching some of his
0: highlights, it was just – there's number 36 again. Number 36 again. He's on every single play.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, you know, this is uh, maybe it will work out. And it, again, provides great insurance for our linebacking core who has had injury problems in the past. Um, we're going to go to the sixth round here. My favorite pick of the draft, wide receiver out of NC State, Kelvin Harmon, who was ex- uh, projected to go between, the, you know, the second and fourth round, most likely fourth being the absolute latest, but here we came here. We got him in the late of the sixth round. Um, you know, I don't expect him to be a, you know, a thousand yard receiver or something like that right now, of course, but anytime you can get value of this, like this guy's talent in production, like he had at his school. Um, this is a really, really, a, a really win-win pick in my opinion.
1: Well, I think, cause I heard the reason that he was dropping was cause they had concerns to the knee, which makes you think, well, gee, if that's the case, I probably don't want to take him. But then it's also like, you know, who am I to be concerned over what the Redskins are doing? Because, I mean, that's how we were able to get Jonathan Allen, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. with, because of injury concerns, he fell. And other than that one injury in this rookie year, there, which was to another uh, uh, area that wasn't what they were worried about. But I think this is a great pick. And even if it doesn't work out, I mean, what's the risk? You spent a, a sixth round pick on a guy who could potentially be your starting – one of your starting receivers by
2: week one in my opinion
0: he just looks like josh doxson to me but
2: cheaper and tougher yeah no seriously i think that a lot of ryan finley's success was on kelvin hmm mm-hmm. and uh live on the radio show i actually said when we picked haskins i said hey second third fourth round if you get a guy like and i I mentioned Kelvin Harmon before I said Kelvin Harmon, Hakeem Butler, mm-hmm. Andy Isabella. If you can get one of those guys to pair with Haskins. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kelvin Harmon I loved in the third or fourth round. I thought it would have been a great pick then. I would have been excited then too. But the fact that you can get him in the sixth along with Kenton Terry, I mean, they could be your starting receivers in a couple of years. Absolutely. I just – the body control and a lot of the things that Kelvin Harmon can do are rare. Yeah. I really like them.
0: Back-to-back 1,000-yard uh, receive, receive 1,000-yard uh, seasons at NC State, and uh, he was Brian Fenley's top receiver.
2: And made he better sometimes. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And he already had
1: a relationship established with Haskins. So that's another guy you can add to the list of mm-hmm. making them feel more comfortable.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm really glad the Redskins drafted two wide receivers, and I like the undrafted guy that got out of Duke. Um. This was, in my opinion, this is really where we're lacking. We're just there's just nothing that scares me about these about our current pass catchers. And so, you know, is Terry McLaurin going to be the long term answer? I don't know. Is that Kelvin Harmon? We don't know. But at the same time, you know, we're we need the bodies because I mean we're looking at a receiving depth chart. I mean, not in any particular order really, but Josh Dobson, Paul Richardson. Trey Quinn, Cam Sims, Robert Davis, Terry McLaurin, and and Kevin Harmon. These are young guys.
1: Yeah, when they were doing the um, the little mock mock draft room on NFL Network, they had one of the Redskins starting receivers as Darvin Kidsey, and I was like, oh, whenever you have someone who was competing for a job in preseason, it's never mm-hmm. good to have them as your starter heading into the off season. So, I definitely and I think he was slotted slot which I I mean we talked about this earlier but I think that he I think Terry McCorm based on his measurables and his speed I think he should play slot but Mm -hmm. I definitely think that he's a good starting point to start the wide receivers because like you said there really isn't anyone that scares me in the wide receiver group either I I haven't completely given up on Doxon I'm still one of those people who thinks he can develop a little bit no but I don't know I'm also glad on that two wide receivers much like the two-guard thing, they
2: just took multiple swings. Well, okay. and, and here's my thing. That's why I love the draft so much. Mm-hmm. The biggest needs coming into this offseason, quarterback, Preston Smith replacement. Yep. Um, guard. You needed a guard in a center. You needed uh, another middle linebacker to pair with Foster. And you need somebody that <laughs> maybe play some nickel quarter. And in the yeah. draft, they took shots on guys who can come in day one and can compete for the roster. That's why the draft was so good to me because, like we said, everybody that we've named so far can come in and has a serious chance to play. And it was all taking chances on positions that you've been lacking at. And that's why I really love the draft. That's why I mm-hmm. love what they did.
0: They really did. They, they took it was, a, it was a perfect combination of must-need and best-available. And yeah. they, they got it all. Um, I want to move forward. As you briefly mentioned, Josh, um, seventh round, Jimmy Morland, cornerback out of JMU, local guy, uh, really good on special teams and uh, was one of the better defensive players in all of uh, FCS.
2: Yeah, he had yeah. eight picks. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, a little small, mm-hmm. but that's probably why he was in an FCS. But, hey, he's a quick twitch athlete. You know what I mean? Like when he when he breaks, when he gets into his backpedal, when he's trying to track a guy, he moves quickly. And we've seen the production. Like I said, he can come in and help on special team block six kicks in his college career. Wow. So, um and I believe I read he was also all CAA academic. Okay. So, I mean, you've added another good guy to the locker room and a guy who knows his role and will compete, and then he'll compete against slot guys. He'll compete on special teams, and that's what you're looking for in the seventh round.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you. Um, Let's end on our last pick here. Outside linebacker from Oklahoma State, Jordan Brailford. Actually played a little bit of inside backer also. Um, Other than Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan, Ryan Anderson, who else is going to be our pass rushers and, you know, Jordan Brailford's going to have an opportunity to, um, you know, make a name for himself, carve himself out a role potentially.
1: I mean, I didn't really see that much on him. I did see he did participate in the senior bowl and he, he had one particular uh, sack where he just blew past the left tackle and it was it was a really interesting move because it was just he completely outsmarted him, which I thought was really cool. Because he, was, he's a quicker guy. I mean, I'm basing this off of one play I saw, but mm-hmm. from what I could tell, he's very lean and he get around a guy. So I mean, that in a seventh round pick, you're not really looking. You're looking for a guy who you can just see. Yeah, that's boomer bust at that point. And I mean, he from that one play, I guess I saw some potential.
0: Okay, Josh,
2: what do you think? Yeah, I think he could. Uh, what they. Especially in the seventh round, like we mentioned with Moreland, you're looking for a guy with a specific skill set. And I think what his could be is a possible change up. Mm-hmm. You know, in the fourth quarter if you if you have a lead and the team is driving to try and, you know, tie the game, win the game and you need multiple pass rushers, you need multiple guys to go in, maybe he can replace Kerrigan for a play or two and, yeah. and use his speed. So maybe that's really what it is. Uh I didn't really see anything on him in pass coverage. Yep. Yeah. Um I think the only reason he got away with playing inside linebacker in college was because he was playing in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think he could – I don't know if he could play there. But, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe they have a particular thing that they like to exploit of his that they think he could become a a solid NFL player based on that skill. Yeah,
0: I would say on paper it's going to be a match between him and Casanova. I think that's his first name, McKenzie, as the fourth outside linebacker because they're going to carry four throughout the season, at least I'm assuming so. Um, All right, guys, question for you. What is your favorite pick? What is your one you're most worried about?
1: Mm. I think my favorite pick was Montez Sweat, just because of how much potential you have
0: Mm -hmm.
1: from a guy who dropped and you were able to get for what I view as a next-year second-round pick. And I would say my least favorite pick would probably be if I had to get one, I
2: would probably just say Bryce Love just because of where he was drafted. Sure. Okay. Well, I was going to say Sweat, but to keep it interesting, mm-hmm. um, I'll stick with my man Corey Holcomb. I think it was a good pick. I think he has a chance to play early and possibly make an impact along with Reuben Foster. Um, now, I, I don't have a least favorite pick because, in all honesty, I love everything we did. But the pick I would say I'm the most worried about would be Dwayne Haskins naturally, just because yeah. the young quarterback and you're, you know, you're, you are taking a chance on a young guy. So it's, it's not that I don't like the pick. I love the pick, but that would be the one I guess I'm most worried about.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go with um, my favorite pick was Kevin Harmon in the sixth round. Uh, Jack, I did want to, I would say Bryce Love does worry me too. <clears throat> um, I'll just go with the the guard I never heard of in West Martin. Uh, I just – there wasn't a whole lot on him, so uh, – but, sure, why not? <laughs> um, but overall, I think we can was... all
2: agree that we don't hate any pick. No. Exactly. It's a hard, it hard really... game to play. You're kind of like, was... you know, it's like picking... – yeah. Who's the kid that you like the least or something? It was much easier to pick your favorite than it mm-hmm. was to pick your least. 100%. Favorite. Absolutely. I'm with you. And that's a good sign, right? Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> definitely. Winners of the off season.
0: There <laughs> we go. All right. Well, uh, guys,
2: this has been fun. Absolutely.
0: All right. So this is it for the podcast. My name is Tom Natalie. You can follow me on Twitter at Tom underscore Natalie. Jack, Josh, we'll let you guys go.
1: Uh you can find me on Twitter at Jack P. Brizendine. And you can
2: find me on Twitter at coach underscore web L F.
0: Awesome. All right, guys. Well this is fun. We'll talk yep. to you all soon.
2: Have a good night, guys. All right.